Hey girl, hey, it is Friday and I've been I've been praying about this week what exactly I wanted to talk to you about for this bonus episode this Friday and I think it'd be really important since we're just starting out on this journey here in this space that I talk to you a little bit about my, about my testimony and how exactly this came about, like where the heck did Lace with Grace come from and just more about me because I don't know about you but I, I don't want this to be super edited, I don't want it to be super like written out and like just performed. I wanted just to be natural and I just want to just have conversation with you. So I'd love to chat with you a little bit about exactly what, what came about from Lace with Grace, like how it came about, my background, um, what exactly, you know, my testimony is and, and how I came to know Jesus and all those things. So I just wanted to chat with you a little bit today. So let's start way, way back, um, in high school, actually. My fitness journey kind of started then. Um, I'll, always super involved with sports, loved um, loved basketball, loved softball. Was I good at them? Absolutely not. I, I kind of sucked, to be honest with you. But I loved the team atmosphere. I loved movement. I love ex- I loved exercise in my body. I love challenging myself. I'm an extremely hard worker. I may suck at a lot of things, but I will work my butt off to make sure that I accomplish something. That that is just how that's just how it is. But um. I I started in basketball. I actually ended up tearing my ACL twice. Um, I think once at the end of my sophomore year and then my senior year. So really, I didn't really get a chance to even be good at basketball, to be honest. I mean, it could have been decent, but no. Um, I was out for quite a long time. ACL recoveries are no joke. Um, so that took a lot of recovering. And in that time period, my body changed a lot because typically it was pretty active, right? And then I was sitting around not doing a whole lot. Um, kind of got a little bit depressed here and there. I didn't, I didn't struggle with depression much at all in, in, in uh, high school and college. It was more so after I had my babies that I struggled with depression. But, um, I started, my body was changing and I didn't like it. So that's when the whole really negative um, mindset towards my body started and, and negative mindset towards exercise and fitness. And I ended up developing a slight eating disorder in high school and definitely my exercise disorder. Um, and, and what I mean by that is it's actually it got diagnosed as exercise bulimia. I would... I would get on the elliptical at the school. I remember I would get in the elliptical in the, in the dance room at the school. And I mean, I would, I would, I would, <laughs> I would be on that thing for hours. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was healthy concerning my mindset with, with fitness and health and my body. It was all about how many freaking calories can I burn? How much can I control in this time period of how many calories I can burn, how skinny I can get? I had no idea what I was doing. It was just all about calories. I I monitored and tracked every single freaking thing I ate, everything. I mean, everything that went into my mouth, I had to burn off. So then once I could finally run, then it became running that was super obsessive and addictive. Running can be obsessive and addictive anyways in a healthy way. But this was very, very, very unhealthy. So we went into college through this, right? I had some past trauma and some past crap in, in growing up in my family that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be 30 now here in October, but, um, I still, to this day, my family's divorced. I mean, it just crushed me. And there's so much that I've talked about in therapy with that. And so much that I didn't realize had still impacted me to this day. And I can act like it doesn't impact me, but it does. It does drastically, uh, dramatically. And it, it has impacted my life. It's impacted my kid's life. So I still, I struggle with that really hard, hardcore. And through that, I've learned through therapy that part of the reasoning I've struggled so much is I thought, I thought that the divorce was my fault. Somehow, somehow it ended up being my fault, which is, you know, logically that sounds stupid, right? 
my parents' divorce was not my fault. You know, they're, they're broken, um, flawed human beings just like me, but I, I, I didn't cause that. But in my head, for whatever reason, as a young girl, that, that developed into you're not enough. You weren't enough to keep your parents together. If they don't love, if your own parents don't love you enough to stay together, then you're not enough for anything or anyone. That's, that's what developed in my head. And they didn't tell me that for Pete's sakes. No, my parents are, my parents are great. Loving, absolutely beautiful people, obviously flawed. All of us are flawed. But my mom has showed me God's grace and God's love in so many ways. And she she has had so much positive impact on my life when it comes to, sorry, I'm getting emotional, but it comes to loving other people as Jesus loves us. Um, and it comes to viewing them in a Christ-like manner rather than judgment and con- condemnation. And I'm just so grateful for her for that. My dad's a really hard worker. He, sh- he showed me a lot of what hard work takes and, and discipline. And um, he's really, really good with money and all that kind of stuff. So he has some major things that he's, and he was always, he was always so proud of me. So that was always, that was always something that was so helpful in that development time of, you know, my younger years and stuff. But the divorce, for some reason, I put it on myself and I made it, I made it my fault, which is so dumb. Kelsey, if you would have just been more perfect, Kelsey, if you would have just been enough, like, and I learned all this through therapy. I didn't, I didn't just come to this conclusion of why I was struggling with these eating disorders and this exercise disorder and my body image and never feeling like I was enough. Like there was this constant consuming feeling in, in myself where like, you're just never enough. And it was just Satan just playing on those things, right? Those are my thoughts, but he just, he loves it. Oh gosh, he loves it. Loves it so much. And that played a lot throughout <laughs> high school and college and all the things and, and those times in my life. And there, you know, mistakes were made and things, things happened that I'm not proud of. And that had a huge role in it. It really did. Cause I allowed those lies to take over. But so Going into college, I actually at the end of high school, I did end up running track because at the end, my, my parents were like, listen, you're not going to college for basketball, so you might as well just not. I mean, I, I still participate. I was part of the team. I loved my coaches. I loved my teammates. I loved my girlfriends that are on the team. I loved that whole atmosphere and the coaches were amazing, but um, I, we, weren't, we weren't going to college for it. So Kelsey, you can be on the team, but you're not really going to play. <laughs> That's how it was. I was recovering for ACL surgeries anyways in my last year, so it it was it was not a big deal. But I was still part of the team. Anywho, went on to actually do track, fell in love with running that way, but then that started to be a very compulsive, um, obsessive addiction that I ended up having. And I lived with my grandmother in college, and I remember like no matter how sore my body was, no matter how much I hurt, there's a difference between pain and, and being being sore, you know. Um, but I was I was not just sore. I was in massive amounts of pain, my hips, my knees, my ankles. But I remember just beating the crap out of my body on that pavement, 10 miles, 12 miles, nine miles, seven miles. It's like if I didn't run at least five miles a day, it wasn't enough. And it was like I was using my emotional garbage and my emotional pain. I was taken out physically on my body because that's the only way I knew how at that time. I didn't want to deal with the emotional crap. I didn't want to think about the emotional crap. I just wanted my body to hurt. And that's how I was dealing. Sounds really crazy, I know. Sounds kind of weird. You're probably like, what is wrong with this chick? But just bear with me here, okay? Um, So went through a really, really tragic, hard breakup in college um, with this person throughout all throughout high school, um, some of middle school, and then some of college. And that, uh, that broke me. That was, that was hard. 
Um, and not just that I lost that person, but I lost their family. And so that was, that was really freaking difficult. And so that just added on. And then I, since I had not really dated around or like, you know, I I had no idea what I was doing with dating. So going into those college years, (laughs) that's scary when you've been with the same person for, I don't know, seven, eight years. And now you're in, you're, you're a junior in college and you're trying to figure out dating. Well, um, super naive, super stupid, I don't want to say stupid. I wasn't stupid. I was just super freaking naive. Okay. Um, pretty sheltered in school. Um, grew up in the church, loved Jesus, was camp counselor in high school and in college. Um, went on mission trips, was super involved with my youth group. Like that was my thing. I was Christian. I was head of Christian. I was a president of Christian athletes in high school. So like that was, that was part of me. Like that was a big thing for me. So uh, the dating world, a junior in college, um, it's interesting. You start going to bars with friends, you know, start going out to, um, house parties and stuff. And I I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) Oh, this, this, this man is giving me attention. Oh, this must mean that they like me. Oh, this may be, um, this may be, this may, this may be something. No, 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 Kelsey. No, 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 no. Anyways, that was a hot mess express. We won't go too much into the dating stuff, but I ended up getting with, um, ended up dating this guy that, uh, was not from Christ and I was not praying on it. And he was not someone that I should have been dating because it was not someone I would have married. But in my head, you know, he liked me and you know, whatever he told me, I believed. And so it ended up being a very, <laughs> a very controlling, manipulated situation and circumstance. Um, and thankfully that relationship did not last longer than four months because if it would have, there would have been some physical abuse for sure. There was at one moment where I remember him screaming at me in my face and this was very new. I thought some of the stuff that he was saying to me and, and how, questions he was asking and things that he was questioning me on, I thought, well, maybe this is just because he really, really like he's jealous and he just really, really likes me. And so this is normal. This is how normal relationships go. And one of my girlfriends, I was at her house when she was like, uh, what is he texting you? Why is he asking you what you're wearing? Why is he asking you who you're with? Why, why he just texted you five seconds ago. Why is he asking you if you're leaving yet? Why is he asking you where we're at? Like it was like a constant all the time and it was manipulative and it was narcissistic. And I, I attract those kind of people apparently like that. I had a couple of different kinds, kinds of those situations in college, which I, yeah, it's been, it it was a struggle. So thankfully the Lord got me out of that situation. And that was a really nasty breakup because he was just scary. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm never dating again. And then, and then, and then, and then I had this, this sweet girl, um, who was on the volleyball team in college and I worked in the gym at the time I was at the front desk and, um, she came through all the time. We had, we had hung out a couple different times and I didn't know her really well, but she said, Hey, I really, I really think you should date my brother. And I was like, um, no, no, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm done with that. Like I, men scare me. <laughs> Y'all scare me. I'm done. So, um, she, she actually talked to me about it quite a few times and I was like, all right, fine. Give me, give me his number, whatever. We'll see how this goes. Um, first date. I, he pulled up in a gray, um, diesel Dodge and, uh, that was, that was sexy to me. I'm not going to lie. Um, you're getting to know a little bit about me, but that was sexy to me. And I, he got out of the, he got out of the truck and he was just so, so, so handsome. And I, it wasn't, it wasn't just looks that attracted me to him. He was a protector. He was, 
chauvinistic. He was, I'm going to get your door for you. He was, I brought you, bought you a gift on the first date. I don't need, it was a blind date, but we had never, we had never met. We had talked a few times, but we had never met. And he showed up at my grandmother's house and he was just so gentleman-like. And we get in the truck and he's listening to bluegrass. <laughs> and I'm like, he has an old soul. Like, oh my gosh, he has an old soul. And I just, I just felt the Lord say, this is husband material, babe. This is husband material. And so we, we very quickly, we just clicked. Um, he had a very like leader-like protective um, leader mentality. And he just, his faith showed through how he treated me, how he talked, how he acted. And I was just like, man, I was actually scared. Actually, after the first date, I ran up to the doorstep. He, he laughs still to this day. He's like, I, I, I literally wanted to walk you up to the door, but I didn't even get a chance to because you literally ran out of the truck. I thought I'd never see you again. And like, I thought you hated the date that we went on. Truth to be told, I was sweating the entire time because he made me so nervous because he was just so perfect. And I was like, I, I, I do not deserve this kind of man. Like, what is happening right now? So I get up to the front door and, uh, because I'm scared to death he's going to kiss me. Because I'm like, I don't know how this works. Like, is he going to kiss me on the first date? Like, I don't know. The last guy I was with, he was nuts. And so what is normal? I don't know. So I'm like freaking out. I don't want him to kiss me. So I go to the front door. I'm like, hey, yeah, thanks for the date. I'll, I'll see you later. And like, that was it. And it was so freaking awkward. And I am freaking awkward. And yeah, it was not a great experience at the end of that date. He literally thought I was never going to talk to him again. Um, but anyways, six months later, um, we are engaged we are married and it was fantastic. We had a very, very small wedding. I know this is like details. You're like, I don't really care about this, Kelsey, but we're trying to talk about your testimony here. Very, very small wedding. Um, and it was just literally our, I, I didn't want anything huge. He didn't want anything huge. He would have been fine with just going to the courthouse because he was not into any of that. But I was, he was like, hey, whatever you want. I at least wanted to be in a dress. I at least wanted some photos. I at least wanted my family there and my best friend, Kristen. And that was, that was it. Like, I was cool with that. So that's what we did. And um, been married now almost eight years. Well, eight years in May. Um, I think it's eight. <laughs> Is that terrible? Eight years in May. We got married in 2015. So yeah, eight years in May. So everything has been really, really great. However, marriage is hard. So you need to know that you need to know, like going, I think, I feel like there's just such this pro portrayed, like, oh, you get married and everything's beautiful and everything's great. And you, you just have kids and everything is just so perfect. We've had some really, 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 really difficult times. One of them being, and I'm not, I'm not blaming my son Daxton at all. Please do not take it that way. But having a special needs child is very hard, not just for the mom, not just for the dad, but on the marriage. Having kids in general is hard and everyone just acts like it's so easy and it's so perfect and you have this you have this expectation in your head, right? And then things don't always go as expected. But guess what? Love is a choice. It is not just a feeling. And only perfect love is God. No one else can have perfect love. We get to choose every single day to love our spouse. We don't we don't have that feeling every single day. 9, 10, 11, 12, 20, 27 years, 87 years, whatever. Maybe you're not going to feel every single day. I hate to tell you, girlfriend, if you're not married yet, you're not going to feel every single day that you're madly in love with them or like the very, like, like how you felt when you first got married. So I just want to like, that's just like a side note, 
But I think that's so important to be real in the fact that you're going to have struggle. Like the Bible specifically tells us you are going to have trial and struggle in this world, especially if you're a Christian. It is coming. It is coming because once you have Jesus in your heart and you have you have that mark in, in your soul and you you have a relationship with him, this world, if it agrees with the world, it does not agree with God. So it is going to be tough, sis. You're going to have trial. You're going to have struggle. So I just want to make sure you know that. And we, we grew we grew through in a relationship with each other. We grew through in a relationship with Christ. However, I don't feel as though we've done the best of having the foundation of our marriage be on Christ at all times, which I know that everyone is flawed. Everyone struggles with that. I'm sure it's not just us. But my testimony, basically, you know, I started off real, real young in middle school, high school, on fire for Jesus, just so on fire for Jesus all the time. College, I kind of drifted away. I was still involved with church, still going all the time, but I was just going through the motions like that, that lukewarm Christianity, that lukewarm relationship with Christ. I wasn't digging into the word. I wasn't really focused on that. I was more focused. I was in nursing school. So I'm literally studying consumed me. The fear of not graduating with my nursing degree and not passing my NCLEX consumed me. I was not steadfast in the Lord's word. I was not constantly devouring the Lord's word and spending time with him and being at peace with him and being present with him. I was a hot freaking mess a lot of times I'm not gonna lie it was a hot freaking mess so after I met Ethan and he was like that firm that somewhat of that firm foundation I also I feel like there's been times where I've I've let him be my firm foundation instead of Christ which I don't know if you've struggled with that too in your relationship and your your marriage does not come before God sis your husband doesn't come before God he is not God I don't care how faithful I don't care how how amazing, I don't care how strong his relationship with Christ is. He is not God. He's not. You can't put him before. And I, that it came to a point where like I was doing that. And that's scary too. Like that's not helpful. So that's kind of a side note also. I'm kind of going all over the place right now. You're going to know a lot about me right now. Um, so really, really grown with Christ and on fire for him. Younger years, right? College came not the best relationship, still going through the motions, still had my faith, but not, not on fire for Jesus. Like I was when I was younger. And then I feel like through our marriage, I got extremely wrapped up and extremely consumed in performance, in perfection. Um, I, some competition there trying to prove to my husband that I could make this business model work that I was, that I was working in. I was, I was an online health and fitness coach for about five or six years and absolutely fell in love with it. But to the point where, again, that became an idol in my life and God got put that on the back burner, still talked about my faith, still had a relationship with Jesus, but it was not where it is now. It is not It was not anywhere where I wanted it or needed it to be. I was so focused on performing for humans, so focused on gaining approval. Again, I went back into that. You're not enough. So you need to perform. You need to gain approval. You need to be perfect for your husband. Everything I did, you need to be perfect. You need to be perfect. You need to be perfect. You're not doing well enough. You're not doing well. And that just consumed me all the time. So I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked. I got myself into a really deep depression postpartum um, because it just never felt like I was enough. And being a mom, being a wife, being a coach, everything I was doing, it just was never enough. And no one was telling me that. 
No one was literally saying to me, Kelsey, you are not enough. But the way my kids were acting, the things that Daxon was going through with the, with the autism diagnosis, some family issues we were having, um, some marriage struggles we were having, all of those things. I was just like, man, I suck. I just completely suck. And on the outside, on social media, oh, it looked like I was great. It looked like everything was going well. It looked like I was on on cloud nine because our our company, our my 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 team and our and our and our business had had gotten to the top point zero one percent of the company. Like we were, we were making it. It was happening. It was finally the the intensity of the how the business was growing, how many clients I was getting in, how many how many people I was helping grow their own businesses and and the income that was coming in, it was it was tumbling, it was spiraling, it was growing and I was like, "Holy freaking crap, it's happening." But you know what was happening on the backside? My relationship with Christ was dwindling down further and further and further and he was distant. And I was not listening. And I had become, I had become all about Kelsey and I had forgot about Jesus. I had forgot about the one, the only one that truly matters. It became about my marriage and proving to my spouse that I can make a business work that he, that he doubted at times. And a lot of spouses do when it comes to network marketing. That's not just an Ethan thing. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a known thing that, you know, you invest all this time and you invest this money and you're like, what exactly, you know, what are you doing here? But it was happening. But Ethan didn't care about the money. Ethan didn't care how successful I was in a, in a career or a business. He just wanted me healthy and he wanted me me. And he wanted that, that Christ-like loving, excited, excited on fire for Jesus woman that he had when he first got married to. Sorry. That's what he wanted. And I, I failed at that. I got so focused on cultural and societal expectations and how I wasn't just going to be a stay-at-home mom. I was going to make money and I was going to make income and I was going to make impact. And that's what mattered to me. And sister, that crushes you. It crushes your soul. It, It doesn't help. It does temporarily like it has pushed at us as moms and it has pushed at us as women. There's this there's this feministic cultural thing going around right now that like you got to make money. You got to make something out of yourself. You got to make a career. You got to be successful. And that's the, what determines it is the income and the titles and the accolades. That's what I started chasing because that's what I said. Okay, if I have this, then this determines my worth. If I have this, I'll be enough for Ethan. If I have this, I'll show my children that I'm enough. If I have this, I'll be enough for Christ. Christ didn't want me to have some freaking accolade from a network marketing business and to make the same that I was in my nursing career through an online business and to be able to have that prideful thought of, I did this. He wanted me to spend time with him. He wanted me to grow in him. That wasn't, I was already enough for Christ. He made me. He created me. He longs to spend time with me. Sister, he longs to spend time with you. He longs to spend time with you. He wants you. He desires you. He cherishes you. When you don't feel enough, when you don't feel loved, when you don't feel cherished, when you don't feel desired, I need you to remember you're already enough for your creator. 
You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to change. You don't, don't get me wrong. You need to develop and you need to grow. I'm not saying that, but you need to grow in who Christ created you to be. Not, not an expectation of perfection that someone else wants you to be. Okay. And that's where I was. I got stuck in this spiraling out of control, mental health, emotional mess needing approval, not feeling enough, and then placing that on my spouse, placing it on my kids, placing it on my family. I didn't need to be enough for any of them because I was already enough for Christ. Don't place that kind of pressure on your family. Don't place that kind of pressure on your friends and the people around you because honestly, ultimately, at the end of the day, their approval doesn't matter. If if you're chasing Christ's approval... The people that really matter in your life, they will approve of you. Ooh, that came from the Holy Spirit. That did not come from me. If you're chasing Christ and his approval of you, sister, it won't matter what the other people around you are approving because the right ones will approve of you. They will already approve. You will already be enough because you're, those are the ones that matter. You're chasing Christ's approval and not society, not cultural norms, not the expectations of others. You're, you're chasing Christ's expectations of you and automatically the ones that are right for you, they'll approve of you and you'll be enough. So, wow, that, that was a lot. That was a lot. And so now where, I, where I'm here today, this is how Lakes with Grace came about, believe it or not. I left, I left my nursing position um, after I had the kiddos. I went part-time, then I went PRN, and then I... I went into, I went full force into that, that business, that online health and fitness business that I absolutely, by the way, I still use all products and still absolutely love that company. Absolutely love that company. I am not dissing or dodging on network marketing whatsoever. I believe that if you can have a healthy relationship with that kind of work, girlfriend to it. If Christ is at the center and foundation of that business that you are building online, do it. Because you can be blessed through it. You can impact others through that. But if it's not, if he's not the center, you need to walk away. Or you need to make him the center right now. Because it can be a dangerous slope. Okay? So I walked away from nursing, um, which was extremely difficult. But I And I couldn't have both two, both of worlds. I wanted to be a nurse and I wanted to grow this online health and fitness business. And I wanted to be a full-time mom. You can't do all of them. Like... I don't care who tells you that you can do all of them and do them well, but you can't, you're you're not a superhuman. You're not a unicorn. (laughs) As much as we like to think we are sometimes, you will, you will be burnt out. And I wanted to do it all. And I got burnt out even just being a full-time mom and, and because being a full-time mom is, is a couple jobs. If you didn't know, it's, it's quite a bit. Um, If you're not a full-time mom, I used to judge full-time moms, to be quite honest with you. I do not anymore. I do not judge stay at home full-time moms. (laughs) because I've been there, done that, doing it right now. It is tough. Um, Left nursing, went full force into the business, grew that, and then God asked me to lay it down because I had gotten out of control. I had strayed way too far. I had strayed way too far for him. My marriage was not well (laughs) at all. It was not well at all. But thank you, thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. 
because to be quite honest with you, I don't deserve the family that I've got right now. I don't, I don't deserve to be a ministry host. But guess what? His grace prevails. His grace frees. His love wins. And it's winning right now. So that's where Laced with Grace came about. Laced with Grace is, was placed on my heart by Christ. And he said, Kelsey, why can't, why can't you do what you were doing in your network marketing business, but make me the, make me the foundation and teach women how to love their bodies the way that I want them to. Teach them how to utilize my gift of exercise and wellness to honor their temples, which will honor me. Can you do that for me? For a while, my pride got a hold of me and I said, for free? You want me to put, the, you want me to put the same kind of effort in into a ministry where I was making some weeks as much as I was as a nurse at my, at my other online fitness business. You want me to do this for free? And he said, yes. And I, for a while, I, I fought it. And I said, no. I said, I don't want to go back online. I said, I got obsessed with it. I got addicted to it. The devil got a hold of me there. I, I don't want to go back. And he said, I don't care. This is what I'm wanting you to do. So Lace with Grace started about seven, eight months ago. We have grown. We're about to 500 members in Lace with Grace. And it's a community specifically about honoring and caring for and loving your temple the way Christ wants you to and how he views you. We do daily devotionals, monthly studies. We do a new we do, 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 new devotional probably about every month. I just stuttered over my words real bad, but I'm not going to edit that out because I'm being real with you. New devotional about every month. And we're growing in our faith and we're growing in our discipline. We're growing in our motivation. But guess what? Christ is the center of all of it. And we're growing in our fitness regimens. We're treating our bodies as temples. We're treating them as gifts. We're, we're changing our mindsets when it comes to cultural norms of what exercise and fitness is. And we're leaning on the truth of Jesus. That's what we're doing in Lace with Grace. And if you're not already in there and you want to know more about that, girlfriend, you hit me up on any social media platform. Go to my TikTok, go to my Instagram, go to my Facebook. You message me. I don't want you to ever feel like, like you can't. I am literally no one. I have no special title. You know what? But the special title I do have, I'm a sister in Christ with you. I'm a child of God. I'm the daughter of a king. That's the title I have, and so that's why I'm qualified to do this podcast. That's why I'm qualified to do the Lace with Grace ministry. Not because of Kelsey, but because of Jesus. Sister, you're qualified to do whatever you're doing in your life, not because of you, because of, but because of Jesus. And I don't mean that to be rude. I, I mean that to humble you and let you know that your worth doesn't come from your works. Your worth doesn't come from your performance. Your worth comes from him and the blood that he shed for you. That's where your worth comes from. So that's what we focus on in Laced with Grace. Do you need to be a believer to be in Laced with Grace to get all the resources and the tools and the positivity in the community? Absolutely not. Come check us out. I take you as you are. I don't care if you've never opened your Bible in your entire life. I don't care if you know one scripture. Come hang out with us in Laced with Grace. You can join me from any of the links in my bios on any of my social media platforms at any time. We take you as you are. I don't care if you've never done a push-up, you never ran, you've never done any kind of fitness regimen in your entire life. We take you as you are. Come hang out with us in Lace with Grace. There is something there for everyone. I truly believe that God can bless you in some way, shape, or form in that community, and we would love to have you. All right, sister, I'm going to wrap this up here. I am sitting in the car about to go into a coffee shop to get some more work done for Lace with Grace while my little kid is, or my little preschooler is in pre-K, John John, John Henry. I'm going to go get some things done and continue to let allow God to use me as a vessel 
to love you, to share with you how valuable you are, how loved, how cherished. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Share this with a friend. Get more people listening to this podcast and not, not for the glory of Kelsey, but for the glory of Christ. He's, he's, he's doing some magnificent things in Lakes with Grace, ladies. Sweet friend, he, he is doing some significant things within me and I don't deserve that, but he is doing something. He is doing something. He is using me and I'm going to keep allowing him to, not because I deserve it, but because he does. All right, I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then we're going to end this episode. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you so much for this sweet sister in Christ that's sitting on the other side of this screen, on the other side of this phone, wherever she's listening from. I just so am so, so grateful and blessed to have her in my life in this space. I pray, Lord, that if she wants to connect with me, that she will feel like she can, if she feels comfortable to connect with me. If she needs prayer, I want her to ask me to pray for her. I want her to message me. I want her to email me. However she can get a hold of me, I want her to connect with me in some way, shape, or form, Lord, besides just listening to me here on this podcast. Because I don't believe in coincidences, and I believe that every everything happens for a reason within you, Lord, and you have a reason for everything. You have a plan. I'm going to ask that you walk with her this week and guide her and give her discernment and give her compassion and help her to have a softened heart, Lord, for others around her. Help her to view others and to love others and have compassion on others and grace and mercy on others like you have on all of us every single day. And dear Lord, I'm just so grateful that you are using me to chat with her. And I hope that you can continue using me and, and blessing her through me in some way, shape, or form. And in Jesus' name, amen. All right, sister, I'll talk to you later. Have a good day. Oh, 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 oh,